0: Welcome to the damn strong podcast. I'm your host, Bree, and I'm a full-time online fitness coach. And my passion is to educate women on all things fitness. I help women just like you step into the power of knowledge and commitment to ultimately live your best and strongest life. In this podcast, we'll talk about being damn strong in our body, mind, and life. I'll be teaching you how to navigate nutrition, strength training, and mindset challenges. So get ready to take some notes because we're building a damn strong life. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Today's podcast is a little bit different. I'm doing a Q&A and where I did this Q&A is on my stories. I post a little question box and these were the questions that came in specifically for the podcast. So I'm answering your questions today. I'm definitely going to do more podcasts like this in the future. So it's not the only q and I'll ever do. I think it's important that I answer your guys's questions, what you're curious about, what you want answered. And so I went through these questions, picking out the most common asked questions and the ones that I really think I could expand on that would help just the mass majority of who's listening to this podcast. So I'm sorry if your question didn't make it. It's not because it wasn't a good question. I just only have so much time and I wrote down a bunch of the questions. And honestly, I may not even get through all the ones that I wrote down, but we are going to do our best. So the first question that I wanted to answer, or that I got and wanted to answer, was what was the best advice someone gave you in fitness? Man, this was a hard question to answer. I had so many things come up and pop into my mind, and I went back and forth on how I wanted to answer this. And I had to remember, like this question is asking the best advice someone else gave me, right? It might not be necessarily what I've learned through my experiences, all that kind of stuff, but the best advice someone gave me. And so when I thought about that, it thought about the question that way of someone else gave me the advice. I was like, you know what? This is actually a book of the best advice I've gotten because it, it, the a book is essentially someone else giving me the advice. Right. And so the book atomic habits by James clear, if you have not read this book, I highly, highly recommend it. It really helped me to reframe my mindset over like small habits and baby steps. Right. So the, the book's called atomic habits because atomic is a very small unit of measurement, and so it's basically saying small habits or small, you know, building small habits basically is, is what this book is all about and how we really underestimate just taking the small steps forwards to achieve our goals. And so I wrote down some of my, my favorite quotes from the book that I want to just kind of read aloud and kind of just further explain it that i just thought were so good. And again... Cannot recommend this book enough. Atomic Habits by James Clear, definitely one you should read. I actually did an audiobook. I'm not a big audiobook person, but I really enjoyed it. I don't know if it was James himself or someone else that read it, but I super enjoyed how they read it on the audiobook. So if you don't have time to sit down and read a book and highlight and, and note take, I definitely recommend the audiobook. So the first quote I wanted to talk about was Every action you take is a vote for the person you wish to become. And so this one really, really spoke to me because I actually see it a little bit even further than this not only is every action you take a vote for the person you wish to come, but it's also could be a vote for away from the person you wish to become. Right. So the action of meal prepping or setting out my, Workout clothes the night before pre making my pre workout the night before those little actions, every little action I'm doing to become the person that I want to be, it's voting for me in that direction. And it could be the same of, you know, the nights that I decide like, I'm just I just don't want to meal prep for tomorrow, or I don't want to set up my clothes. That's a vote against Or away from the person that I wish to become. And so just remembering that these actions that we take in a moment have the potential to shape our future and have the potential to drive us towards where we're wanting to be. The next one that I wrote down was habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. Just reminding you that making the small changes, they will add up over time. Constantly me setting out my workout clothes for the morning and making my pre-workout in the morning is a little bit of compound interest into self-improvement and those little things that I'm doing every single day are gonna add up over time because every single time I set out my workout clothes, I pre-make my pre-workout for the morning, I set out maybe my banana that I wanna eat before my workout. That's again, a vote towards the person I wanna become. And then those little compound interests get me to go to the gym and me going to the gym weekly adds up over time. And so I think we majorly undersee that we need to you know, invest, you know, $50,000 and do all these crazy things when it's like, no, just like invest a dollar a day and slowly that dollar will add up over time. You'll have $30 in a month and then you'll have $365 in a year. And those things add up over time. The next quote I have down is your habits shape your identity and your identity shapes your habits this one really, really spoke to me in a mindset way of how I speak to myself. You know, you've probably heard the quote of, if you say you can't, then you probably can't. If you say you can, then you can. How you talk to yourself is so, 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 so important, right? So if you describe yourself of, I'm not a morning person, I don't work out. I can't stay on track on the weekends. You're right. You're, you're halfway there to not being able to do something because you're labeling yourself as that. But instead of saying, Hey, I'm not a morning person and saying, Hey, what, you know what? I'm going to become a morning person. Or you can even change that language to, you know what? It's difficult to get up in the morning. I'm going to acknowledge that it's difficult, but this goal is important to me. And therefore I'm going to make it so that I can get up every single day. I'm going to become the person that gets up and goes and works out in the morning every single day. If you speak that, that habit into your identity, that identity will shape your habits. And so when you, when you talk positively about who you are, you are halfway becoming to the person that you want to be right and then all the the previous quotes we have talked about right of habits are a compound interest and every action you take is a vote to become yourself and then when you're also talking about like hey i am a person who cares about my health i am a person who is going to do xyz all of those things compound into being who you want to be and so when you start to create identity of saying hey you know what I am a morning workout person. I I am. I might not be perfect at it right now. I might not be the best at it right now. I may be inconsistent. But guess what, I'm going to take an action every day that's a vote for the person I wish to become, whether that's setting up my clothes, making my pre-workout. you know, If you're trying to stay on track for the weekends, pre-planning for your weekends, I'm going to take these actions as a vote to where I become. Remember that all of these actions are going to be a compound interest to my self-improvement. And I'm going to speak to myself in a positive way and tell myself that I am this type of person and I can do it. And I think we have to remember how powerful, powerful, powerful the mind is. I think you know, a lot of times people think like, oh, you know, speaking, you know, the positive words into existence and how kind of like whoopy that kind of is. I I, I do understand there is a point of like, okay, you can't just like speak things to existence all the time, right? Like you actually have to do work, but damn, does positive self-talk go a really, really, really long way, really long way. I mean, think about all the mental health issues that we have in society and not to get super, super morbid, but this is, this was a moment of realization of, I realized how powerful the mind is. I mean, think about people who, who deal with suicide and depression and the fact that the mind can be so controlling and so powerful that someone can make the decision to no longer be here, right? That is something that we don't realize how powerful the mind is and that it can control us to do just things that we would never, ever think, that we would ever do. Our friends or family, we never think would ever do. And so if you don't believe the mind is powerful, I really, really challenge you to, to make that mindset change and realize if the mind can take us to such dark, dark, dark places, the mind can also take us to such positive, wonderful, and light places. So the next quote that I have uh, is with the same habits, you'll end up with the same results, but with better habits anything is possible. And so what hit home with me for this one is, you know what, if I keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, and don't expect and expect different results, that's kind of the definition of insanity, right? You've probably heard that before of you do the same things over and over, you expect different results. That's the definition of insanity. And so it's like, Hey, you know what? I don't need to reinvent the wheel, but I do need to have better habits. And so how can my habits be better? And so remembering that I just need to do something a little bit more than what I've been doing to... To make change and know that anything is possible through that. And the last one that I wrote down, and this kind of even dives into something specifically they talk about in the book, um, a different part of it. But too, the quote is too often we convince ourselves that massive results require massive action. And so I think this comes from a a time in my life where I just thought, oh my gosh, I had to uproot everything I was doing. I need to work out twice a day. I needed to run seven miles every single day. True story. That's that's something that I used to do. Eat twelve hundred calories. Never eat a carb. Like we think that we have to we have to uproot our entire life. And I think this especially during those times of like the holidays, like New Year's resolutions you know, a summer season before a wedding, we try to make these massive actions that think we're going to get these massive results. And all it does is make us massively inconsistent. And so the part of the book where this really dives into, which I love is it talks about getting 1% better each day. And the book says, if you can get 1% better each day for one year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time you're done. And so I think some of us may sit back and be like, wow, that's amazing. And some people may sit back and be like, what? if I get 1% better every single day, I only get 37% better. If your employer or if your boss came up to you and said, hey, I'm going to increase your salary today by 37%, you would be over the moon ecstatic. So I think we need to stop looking at 37 as like a small number and understand like 37% better by the end of the year is a ton of improvement. And then compound that over years, I mean, you're going to be so far ahead of most people if you're just focusing on the 1% better every single day. How can you get 1% better and then maintain that 1% and continue to get better every single day? So that was all the quotes that I had from that specific book. Again, If you need a reminder, it is Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is super wonderful. If you can get the, if you don't mind reading like a physical book, I would recommend that. So you can highlight things, bookmark things to come back to. But I will say the first time I read this book, it was on an audiobook. The narrator, which I believe is James Clear, he was awesome. I have a hard time with audiobooks because I feel like they can be very monotone. And I really, really loved his. I listened to it on a road trip and it was awesome. I just loved it so much. So, The next question here, and I get this one all the time, not just in my question box or in my DMs, it's how how do you stay motivated? And I've talked about this a bunch, um, but I think this is, I, I thought about maybe not including this because I have talked about it so much, but again, I get it so often. I'm like, okay, I need to sink this into people's brains of motivation versus discipline. And so what I always say all the time is that motivation is doing something based on based on a feeling, based off of feeling like doing something. And discipline is doing something despite how you feel. You think about maybe your job that you go to every day. I'm sure you don't feel motivated to go to your job. I'm sure you don't feel like getting up at 6 a.m. to get your job, but you have discipline too because you know you need to earn an income to keep your roof over your head. And so... Yes. Motivation is awesome, but I really challenge you just to get rid of that word from your vocabulary for a little bit. And so when you start realizing like, Hey, every time I'm taking an action, I'm only doing it because I feel like it. That's how, you know, your goals are reliant on motivation and how you feel. And so I want to challenge you to change that, to say, Hey, you know what? I don't feel like meal prepping right now, but I plan for it. I plan for it to do it today at 1 PM and I'm going to have that discipline and do something even though I don't feel like doing it. Now, is there a, I understand there's a balance between like, okay, you wake up, you're super sick. You didn't sleep the night before you need to take off work from, because you're feeling so terrible, need a mental health day. I get that. There is definitely times where feeling will come into play and you're like, Hey, I just feel like absolute crap and I need to not go work out today that makes sense. But, but when you're really, really, really honest with yourself, I think when it comes down to it, most of the time, maybe 99% of the time when you, when you do something, cause you don't feel like it, it's probably not because you're sick or, or some reason that you actually need to not do the thing that you told yourself you're going to do. It probably comes down to how you're feeling. And so I want you to catch yourself the next time you're like, I don't want to do X, Y, Z ask yourself, well, why, why do I not want to do it? Is it because I feel a certain way And then if it is, you check yourself and be like, okay, you know what? I need to enact discipline. And and this is the thing about discipline is you have to exercise it for lack of a better word. It's not that you just one day decide, Hey, I'm going to do everything based off of discipline. You say, Hey, I realize in this moment, I am not going to the gym because I don't feel motivated because I don't feel like it. So right now I'm going to realize my goals are important to me. I'm okay. I'm not, you know, dying of the flu on my bed right now, I can go to the gym and I'm just going to go, even though I don't feel like it. So the short answer to that question, honestly, is that I don't stay motivated. I I hardly ever stay. I want to say hardly ever stay motivated. I just know that motivation is a bonus, right? So I have the things that I want to do every single day. And if I feel like doing them, if I'm motivated to do them, awesome. That is a great bonus that I get to experience today slash this week. If I don't feel motivated, then I know, Hey, you know what? Today I don't feel motivated, which means today I don't feel like doing the things that I need to be doing for my goals, but you know what? I'm getting them done anyway. And it kind of sucks, but like motivation comes and goes. If you rely on motivation, you will be as consistent as you feel motivated. And I hope you realize that very, very often you do not feel like doing stuff more than you do feel like doing stuff. And so relying simply on how you feel to get things done is not going to carry you far in your fitness journey. So the next question that I have is how many carbs do you eat in a day? And i I thought this would be a good one. I feel like I have experienced a lot of women in my DMs lately of like just being very, very fearful of carbs and they try to only like not eat over a certain amount of carbs. And I think also with the whole keto thing, you know, people try to like literally not eat carbs. And so I I personally don't track my carb intake. I just track my calories, my protein, wherever my carbs and fats fall, that's where they fall. But yesterday I was like, you know what, for the hell of it, let me just like track them and see where I end up being at. And I ended up being at 360. 76 grams of carbs. There's bef- definitely probably days I eat over 400 grams of carbs. And I will disclose that I currently am in a surplus of calories. And so somebody might be thinking, well, that's because you're in a bulk, you're in a surplus. You have to eat carbs because, because you're in a bulk. And it's like, no, when I go into a cut, I'm still eating carbs. I change my calories. I keep my protein the same, which definitely affects my, my fats and my carbs. And those will go down, but I'm still eating carbs. And right now I'm in a bulk and I'm enjoying you know over 300 50 grams of carbs, live in my best life, shaping my body building. And so I thought I'd just pop that one in there because I think, again, I want to promote women, not being fearful of carbs and just saying, Hey, you know, what I do is not necessarily what you should do, but Hey, it might bring some comfort to know that there's a woman who really values her health and wants to be strong and wants to build and shape her body, but also wants to be able body her entire life. And she's eating almost 400 grams of carbs. So my next question I was going to answer that I got quite a few on was, and it transitioned pretty well from the last question was, can you update us on your current bulk? So if you don't know, I am currently in a bulk. If you don't know that it is, that means that I'm eating in a surplus of calories right now. So I'm eating roughly 2,500 calories, probably a little bit more on some days than others, but I try to hit minimum 2,500 calories and on the weekends. I probably go over that a little bit with 120 grams of protein right now. Honestly, it's going really, really well. It's going better than I ever thought it would have or ever expected it to. And I think it's because I'm just at a different place in my journey. Like I've done books before and they've been fine. Um, but I think I've just grown so much as a person of loving and appreciating my body. And especially over the last two years, you know, one of my biggest insecurities is my legs. And that's where the whole, you know, where the damn shorts comes from and kind of where this, the damn podcast name came from. But really, as I've been embracing my body and loving it at every stage, it's made it so much easier to in love, embrace my body in a bulk. And so I've just been feeling great and I'm, I'm coming to the end of month five right now and I put in place a checkpoint for me on month six. Let's evaluate how you feeling, in, how are clothes fitting, how are we doing mindset wise and push forward if we can, but we can also stop at six months. My goal is really to get eight months, but I'll be honest, lately, I really want to try to push for a whole year. And I understand right now at the end of month five, that sounds wonderful and I'm in this like really green pasture right now. I'm enjoying all the food. I'm still fitting in my clothes. There are some that are getting tight, but I'm still fitting. I'm feeling confident. I'm loving my body. I'm feeling strong, but I know there's going to get to a point where I'm feeling the body fat that I gained through this process. I'm going to feel uncomfortable. There's going to be clothes that start to not fit. And so I may not make it to a year, but so that's why at least at the, 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 the water stop point, water stop point. I'm using like a race reference, right? When you get, when you are racing or you run a race, right? They have little water stops for you. I'm, I'm setting this water stop up for myself to just check in with myself at month six. I'm still going to do the same thing for month eight. And then depending on where I am by month eight, maybe even pushing into 12 months of a full bulk. And I think that'd be really, really awesome if I could accomplish that, not only for my muscle building goals, but also for just my mindset and really loving and appreciating my body as I go through this. Because there's a thing, like I think people think that a cut is so much harder than a bulk, but I would kind of disagree, like very largely disagree. Like it's very difficult to watch your body get less and less lean and you to see less and less definition in your body while also gaining body fat while also not being able to fit into your clothes. Like, yes, it's hard to be in a deficit. It's hard to say no at social events. It's hard to stay in a calorie deficit, but damn, like it's really hard to watch your body get bigger in a society that tells you you shouldn't have a larger body And you're making this sacrifice for these long-term goals. And like, I don't know that many people that are doing a bulk. I know plenty of women who are trying to diet all the time, but I don't know a lot of women who are in a bulk because I think it's really, really difficult for people mindset wise to get past. So all in all, my bulk has been wonderful so far. I'm enjoying it so, so much. I'm going to check in with myself at the six month point. And then again, I'm pretty sure I'll push past the six month point and then again, eight months. And then we'll see if I want to just go ahead and push for a whole year and we'll see how that goes. Okay. The next question is how do you get past the rut of going to the gym to just go and not enjoy it? And for me, it's, it's realizing that it's a season and it's not going to last forever. And Remembering that it's normal. I think we see all of these fitness people on Instagram so often and it looks like they just love working out and they go seven days a week and they just love life and they just love working out and it's everything for them. And I think there are a handful of people that, you know, really feel saved by the gym and it's their therapy and it's their safe place and all this kind of stuff. And that's wonderful, but I think even those people go through periods of maybe not going to the gym, but even far as to stretch that as in they go to the gym, but they're just not fully in it. And so I think remembering that it's 100% normal to go through that and just remembering that it's a season and it won't last forever. And this is another way that I think to think about it is for a lot of my clients I will get asked, how do you get through the week of being on your period, right? Especially when you're in a deficit, right? You're, you're more hungry. You feel like a bottomless pit. You're emotional. So you want to emotional eat. How do you get through the period week? And I always say, and how I always talk to clients about this and this is how I talk myself through it is like, one, this is not your first time going through your period week. Okay. Like you've been through your period. How many times at this point in your life, but I've been getting my period since I was like 11, So that's like what, 17 years So do 17 times 12. Like that's a lot of freaking periods to go through. Okay. First of all, it's not your first rodeo. You know what to expect. You know, what's going to happen. And the second thing is there is an end like this week will pass. You won't feel like an empty, uh, trash bin forever. Like where you can just infinitely put food into your body and you don't get full like this, this feeling isn't forever. So push through. Push through this week of being on your period and know, again, this isn't anything new. And second, that this, these feelings will pass and it's just a tough time to get through and you just have to push through it. And so I think the same thing for the gym is like, Hey, you know what? I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm not enjoying it how do I get past this rut? It's like, you know what? You go to the gym. Yes. It's wonderful to enjoy the gym, but the main reason you go to the gym is to get strong and to maintain your health and to be strong forever and able bodied. So like, let's still go to the gym, even though we don't feel like it, do what we need to do, get in, get out. And then from there, you can kind of analyze it and see, okay. Do I need to switch up my program? Maybe I've had the same program for a few cycles, and I need something fresh. Maybe there's, you know, your favorite exercises. You haven't had those in a while. Maybe rewrite your program or have your coach rewrite your program to be all your favorite exercises that obviously make sense in a programming scenario. Maybe you need a break. You know, you can take a two, three week break if you need from the gym. Maybe it's a really, really busy time in your life and getting to the gym is one, not fun and two, the bane of your existence and it's so difficult and you're having to go at the worst times of the day and it's so busy, maybe right now it's it's just a time for you to take a break and maybe be honest with yourself. You know, we see that we don't have any muscle loss up until about four weeks of no training. And so it's totally fine if you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give myself a two week break. I'm going to rewrite my program with all the exercises that I love and enjoy so much. And I'm going to get back at it. And so I think going through all these things with the biggest one that was really, really helpful for me is remembering that it's normal and that it will pass and just to push through and know that it's okay that you're not enjoying your workouts and that's just going to happen. Okay, the next question that I get um, is How do you deal with creeps at the gym? This one kind of made me chuckle, but then I also realized it's actually kind of serious of a question because not only me, but I know other women have dealt with some actually pretty serious situations with men. I actually had to move gyms because it just got to a point that was really really uncomfortable. But the first thing I want to say is go. Tell management, I cannot stress this enough. You can try and handle on your own, say a few things here and there, but like just go to management and tell them. They honestly should do something for you and can handle the situation for you. They can go up to the person and say, Hey, you need to stop doing X, Y, Z, whatever. I don't know what the the extreme of your situation is, but go tell management and they should do something. If they don't shame on them, they need to be handling that kind of stuff at their gym. Maybe even go to the owner and like escalate it. But I think we get really, really embarrassed, especially as women to like escalate that kind of stuff and go tell someone at the gym. But like, Some of these situations with creeps actually come to a safety concern. And I don't ever even want it to get to that point. So before it ever becomes a safety concern, go tell management. If nothing ever happens with management, and honestly, you can even walk over with management and say, hey, I need you to go address this and and then walk over with them to make sure they do. And if nothing comes about, with management. You can try to, you know, face them on your own. I've done that a few times and I'll talk about those. And I, again, when I say face them on your own, I don't ever want to put you in a bad situation. So if it's going to be unsafe, then, then don't do that. It could come down to switching gyms, which is the sucky part. And I've had to go through, but you know, there's been times where I had, I had this guy one time. It was just weird. He followed me around the gym for most of my workout. And then I got to a point where I was doing lying down hamstring curls. And he was just basically like standing over me, just looking at my butt. And I finally got up and I go, can I help you with something? And he doesn't say anything. And I go, do you need something? Do you need help? Like you're over here. Like, do you need something? And he just said silent. And I just looked at him. I go, if you are needing dumbbells or needing weights, those are over there. And I just kind of I didn't scream or yell at him, but I got very firm with him of like, you know what? I don't know what his question is. He probably didn't need anything, but I was like, you know what? I was like, if you need the dumbbells, they're over there. If you need this machine, it's over there. And I said it with a very strict voice and his face got terrified. He ran off and I never, I never saw him again. And so I, you know, I know women can get called like a bitch or something like that at the gym for standing your ground, but I'm sorry when it comes to your safety and being, and being comfortable in a gym, be mean, be a bitch. Like I don't care. You deserve to be there and to be comfortable with what you're doing. And so I want you to one, if it's not a serious situation, stand up for yourself Two, if it is a serious situation, talk to management three worst case scenario. Again, if it's something really terrible, talk to the police, like you can get them involved you know, if that, if it comes to a point where you need a safety issue and then, and then fourth, probably, uh, you know, changing or switching gyms. The one, the situation for me that happened where I had to end up changing and switching gyms was there was this very older gentleman. And every time I come to the gym, he would, he would talk to me and he was very, very kind. And, you know, I didn't really think much about it, but it got worse and worse and worse. I was hardly able to complete my workouts. I noticed that he went up to a lot of the other younger women at the gym were talking to them. I started like, once I noticed like how bad it was getting with me. I I kind of peeled my eyes a little bit and I noticed he was talking to everyone I brought to management. They wouldn't do anything about it. It was, it was just to the point where I was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, and I would say this was a, a point in my life where I wasn't comfortable with sticking up to him and saying, Hey, look, I know you enjoy coming and talking to me, but like, you're really making me uncomfortable. I didn't say anything. I went to management. They didn't do anything. So I ended up leaving the gym. Um, So it wasn't like a a life or death situation per se, but it was just a very, very, every time I come to the gym, he'd make comments about me, my body. Um, it got worse over time. Like at first it was just, you know, comments and just talking to me how my week was. It was just seemed very, very innocent over time. It got worse. And then I saw he was talking to other women and, and younger women and it just, it really got me uncomfortable where I was like, I can't, I can't stay here anymore. So I ended up moving gyms, um, But yeah, so that's how I deal with creeps. Um, Maybe on a little bit of a lighter note, when it comes to maybe, you know, maybe you're married or you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or, you know, you just don't want someone talking to you at the gym, like asking you out. How, I want to say that's necessarily a creep, but I do think some people relate like, oh, someone coming up and asking, like, and talking to me, wanting my number is kind of a creep. I want to categorize it as a creep, but let's just say you're wanting, you're not wanting people to come up and talk to you and ask you out on a date and you just don't want that whole vibe. Throw in the word boyfriend or husband at any chance that you get. Um, for me, I am married, so I don't want to go out on a date with any guys. And I have had guys come out and ask me to go with coffee, but before they even get the chance to ask me to go to coffee, they'll say like, "Hey, you know, you're, are you new here? I haven't seen you around very often." I'm like, "Oh yeah, me my husband joined last week." right then and there, I say me and my husband joined last week. So right there it shuts them down. And on top of that, I just don't want them to waste their time. I I, personally, personally, if I was single, I very much, See it as a positive as a guy coming up to me in the gym and to ask me out. I think it's I think it's very nerve wracking for a guy to come up and like ask a woman out on a date. I, first of all, I don't think men hardly do that anymore in general. But I think it takes a lot of balls to like walk up to a woman in the gym and say you know make conversation and ask them out on the date to get their number. Like it's got to be nerve wracking. And so I appreciate that. And so for me, it's like I don't want to waste their time. I know they probably built up the courage to maybe come and talk to me. So right then and there, I'm just going to go ahead and shut them down so they're not nervous anymore. They know they can move on. They know. Didn't waste their time trying to ask me out on a date. So that's how I deal with all of that at the gym. And then the last question that I wanted to go through was, and I get again asked all this one all the time was tips to grow my glutes. Man, this is a loaded question and there's multiple parts to this, but I'm, I'm going to start with like the, the four points that I kind of brought up. To myself. And I was like, okay, here's the four basic points. And maybe we dive into these a little bit more. First one is a calorie surplus. So eating more calories than your body needs, uh, train lower body two times per week, eat enough protein, prioritize recovery. And so let me dive into those a little bit. Calorie surplus, the most optimal way to build muscle is to be in a bulk or a calorie surplus. Now, does everyone need to do that to build their glutes No, I wouldn't say you do. I definitely think if you've never, ever trained before going from no training to training is a hundred percent increase of a stimulus. And even if you're in a deficit or just at maintenance calories, you'll definitely grow your glutes, but there is going to be a time where the more and more and more advanced you become in your training, you will need to potentially be in a surplus to be growing muscle and building your glutes. So if I'm giving you the most optimal tips to, to grow your glutes, I'm going to say calorie surplus next is to train lower body at least two times per week. If I want to dive that into that even more, you know, training with a, a variation of different exercises, exercise that lengthen the muscle and exercises that shorten the muscle. And I could dive into a podcast of what that exactly means. Um, but for an example, something that would be training the, the muscle in a lengthened position would be like a squat, right? When you're squatting, you're stretching the glutes at the bottom of the exercise and a hip thrust that would be a shortened version or a shortened uh Training the muscle in a shortened version shortened position i'm getting my word screwed up here and when you so when you're thrusting and you're at the top of the movement right, your glutes are squeezed together they're shortened, and that's the hardest point so training your glutes in a variety of lengthened and shortening exercises, eating enough protein, I get asked this question all the time of how much protein should I have? A good rule of a, a good rule of thumb is one gram per pound of body weight. I understand how that can't apply to everyone, but it's a good rule of thumb, right? So if you are, you know, 400 pounds, I obviously am not going to ask you to eat 400 grams of protein, um, of that one gram per pound rule. So another way to phrase this is one gram per pound of lean body mass. So if you're like, Hey, I have 40 or 50 pounds to lose. I'm 200 pounds. My goal weight's 150 go based off your goal weight. Assuming your goal weight isn't unrealistic, right? You could say, Hey, I'm going to 150, um, grams of of protein, but you actually can even lower that. I know the rule is again, that one gram per pound, but there's even another way to phrase as I would actually say you could do 0.8 grams per pound of lean body weight. So again, if you're 200 pounds, you're trying to get to 150, do 150 times 0.8. That's where I would set your protein. There has been a meta-analysis that that, that came out recently that shows that maybe we could actually even eat lower at maybe the 0.6, But I feel like 0.8 isn't too hard to hit for most people, but you even could do 0.6. So I know I gave you like a lot of formulas there. So basically how I set this up for myself and for my clients, I do 0.8 grams per pound of lean body mass. And for some clients, we don't know where they're going to end up body weight wise. And so we might have to, I kind of might have to make a game time call is like from my experience, my education and my knowledge, that's typically how to set up protein and then prioritizing recovery. I think We think more equals more a lot of times when it comes to building muscle, which it doesn't. We have to remember that we build muscle when we rest. You need to be prioritizing your rest days, your sleep at night, and just overall making sure that you recover when trying to build just muscle in general, but especially, you know, for the glutes and things like that. So that is the end of this podcast, guys. Those were all the Q and A's that I pulled from the Q and A box. Again, I will definitely do a podcast just like this. If you like this podcast, let me know. I super enjoy being able to answer your guys' questions and I cannot wait to do another Q and A episode. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Damn Strong Podcast. Show me some love by leaving a review and sharing a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram stories. Until next time, stay strong.